The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Biscuit listeners, this is Andy Go. Thanks again for tuning in to the Biscuit Podcast. Now, on Tuesday, June 9th, 2020, as you may know, there was an unannounced mural painted along the south side of Tryon Street between 3rd and 4th Streets in Uptown Charlotte that said Black Lives Matter. Now, of course, this is inspired by similar murals in Washington, D.C. and Raleigh, North Carolina as well. And Charlotte worked together in just a matter of hours with just a few key players to set up and organize this mural that now graces the streets in Uptown. On today's episode of The Biscuit, I'm going to take you onto the street while the mural is being painted to talk to some of the key players involved, including Dammit Wesley, one of the artists who organized the uh, mural, and also other local artists, including Marcus Kaiser, John Harrison Jr., Franklin Kearns, Mike Worth, Bree Stallings, and more. So let's go ahead and get to it. The first person that I wanted to talk to was Dammit Wesley. Dammit Wesley is a visual artist, the owner of Black Market CLT, and also the organizer of Do-Rag Festival at Camp North End. And he was the tip of the spear when it came to organizing the other artists involved in this mural. So let's hear what Dammit Wesley had to say. Dammit Wesley, man, um, we're out here painting Black Lives Matter on, on South Tryon Street in front of uh, in front of the most uh, prominent parts of Charlotte. What does that mean to you? It's a step forward for the city to actually acknowledge that we exist. Um, when I first got to Charlotte, maybe about 10 years ago and stuff, for me personally, it was one of the blackest, queerest places I had ever been. And for whatever reason, Charlotte doesn't necessarily like to reflect that any of it's like advertising or if it's pushed. But it's, you know, it's beautiful that to be out here, you know, kind of like even my mark on the city, literally on one of the busiest streets in Uptown to uh, not only have support from other great black artists, but from a lot of like white allies, um, just like POCs in general. Um, I think the message is loud and clear. I just hope that the city actually like puts action to the mural. It follows through. When did you first hear about this? I heard about this. Uh, I was invited to participate Sunday around 11 a.m. And then 12 hours later, we had like 16 artists and about 10 backup artists to assist. So things happened very quickly. This isn't your first piece of uh, artwork that's up here uh, on this street. Actually, you go about, uh, you know, 1,500 feet that way. You've got a piece of artwork right there on Spirit Square that uh, pays tribute very much to these same ideals. What does this type of art and its visibility in these spaces mean to you, especially since it's your artwork? Um, I mean, like the role of an artist has always been to like be a historian, uh, to, to, to document things as they're happening and kind of like be truthful on, on what those matters and things are. So for me to like have a mural only a couple of blocks of here that, 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 that's entitled Strange Fruit, um, speaking on the experience of black people in the South and to just you know, a few hundred feet away, have another mural uh, pretty much highlighting, advocating for the right to my existence. It says a lot about where we're at as a people in a community. Um, it's kind of obvious that there's a, a, a divide. Um, Let me ask you this. You've seen you've seen this a lot. You've seen protests a lot. You've, you, you, you know, 
you're well familiar with this situation. Yeah. Is there something different about what's been happening in the past week than you've seen before? Oh yeah, they're, they're, yeah. There's definitely something different. Uh, people, people got time, and I mean that in the most literal sense. Um, the world has been on pause for three months. Um, people have been furloughed. People on unemployment. People don't. They're not going back to school. So all the things that mattered in the old world don't matter anymore, right? So people can protest without fear of losing their job. People can protest without fear of being locked up for the same amount of time. You know, we, we know there's bail funds, right? We know people are going to go in for 10 hours and get out, right? So we have this revolving door of people putting their lives on the line to be heard. And even further, even furthermore, like this is probably one of the first times where people have actually brought up and looked at how much money the police receive versus how much is being like reinvested into like housing and homelessness and like education <laughs> and other like services that we need. If we paying taxes, right? You know, that's our money. Yeah, that, that, that's our money. Yeah. All right. So there's more resources now. There's more people able to devote their time. There's more, you know, uh, attention towards the subject. Do you are how hopeful are you that that's going to result in the change that you want to see? Uh, I mean, I, I'm 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 pretty hopeful that that, that change is going to happen. You know, I, I can, you know, I can foresee, I can foresee police budget starting to shrink. I'm not expecting everything to happen all at once. Um, you know, it would be nice to see that, but you know, things like this are going to take time. But I am excited about this new world that we're walking into. Like at first, it's really scary. Oh my God, we can't touch anybody. COVID, we're all going to die. But now we're getting to a place where like people are willing to. Um, work on this quote-unquote social contract that we have to all be better individuals. Hopefully. <laughs> if not, you know, we'll, we'll burn your house down. Hey, we already proven that yeah. we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not scared no more. Anything else you want to say? Um, you know, uh, don't be ashamed to say Black Lives Matter. There's nothing scary about saying Black people deserve the right to live. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy that we got to say that, but historically, uh, Black rights, um, black rights help everybody. So the civil rights movement wasn't just for black people. That helped uh, Native Americans, Asians, Latin Americans, white women, LGBTQ, right? So um, solidifying rights and equity for people that are at the bottom of the barrel solidifies uh, perks for you as a citizen. So don't block your blessings. Get behind black folk. Hey, let's make black folk matter, then let's acknowledge the beauty behind yeah. it, too, all right? Yeah. Hey, if my followers want to, uh, to to find you, where can they find you? If you don't follow me yet, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Dammit Wesley. That's D-A-M-M-I-T, Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-Y. If you want to catch me in public, I'm usually at my studio, Black Market CLT, located in the Kemp North End, Suite 106. Holla at me. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate the time. Easy. After talking to Dammit, I wanted to talk to Taiwo Jayova, Charlotte City Planner, who was instrumental in helping to organize the mural. Now, I wasn't able to catch up with Taiwo, but I was able to capture some of his press conference that he was giving during the painting. And I did select this quick clip of his to show you, which is him talking about what the street art means to him. Uh, my daughter, come to our house, you see her to walk all over the place. Um, so when we finally decided that this was going to happen, I just asked Alara, come with me. I wanted to see what's going on. Um, so she's here somewhere um, watching what her fellow artists are doing. But that means a lot to me. 
because heart is a way you reduce tension in a community because it's soft. It's not like concrete or steel. It's something that you can view and can be calming. I do hope that people see the different colors. It creates some vibrancy, not just on this corridor, but in our community. But it also makes it very, you know, soft in a way that it calms people down. And that's kind of what we go through at home. We've got all the artwork that she has all over the place. So it's very personal for me to see that we're not just putting letters, but each letter represents an artwork. Next up, I talked to Charlotte is Creative and Biscuit co-founder Matt Olin. It's almost as if some of the things that you've been preaching now for over four years may actually be abundantly true. It may actually seem that way, that creatives are going to lead the way into the into sort of the new future that has to happen, that creatives can actually take take charge of of bringing about the change that needs to happen, that needs to happen in our community. Um, it's going to take all of us, but creatives are going to play a very special role in that. And this is one manifestation of that right now. What do you think it means for a city like Charlotte, especially one that typically doesn't act the quickest on creative projects, uh, socially um, just social justice based projects? Uh, Charlotte tends to, to, to not be the quickest on on the feet with that. But here we are. And as far as as best as I can tell, this idea came about no longer than maybe 52 hours ago. So what does that say, again, for, for somebody like you who, who preaches the value of creativity, that that was able to happen and that this message is, is now here in our streets? It sort of blew my hair back. I mean, it's, it's breathtaking to see how quickly things can happen when people become passionately involved and, and behind an idea. Um, so, and when you think about the number of moving parts that have to come together to pull something like this off, from shutting down the street, security, CMPD, CDOT, you know, we have to feed everyone. We have to actually coordinate all of the artists to come in and do this. Got to get approvals. So many moving parts. And the fact that that can happen over the course of two or three days just shows me that anything's possible. And it's really just, it's heartwarming, it's exciting. And again, it makes me proud of our city. After talking to Matt, I knew I had to talk to as many artists as possible. The first thing that I wanted to know from some of these artists was when they heard about this project. Everything seemed to materialize so quickly. So my first question was when they heard about it. First up is Marcus Kaiser. I heard about it Sunday. Uh, actually, John texted me about it too. I had like four DMs about, hey, you know, you want to come help out on the project? And I was like, yeah, let me know what I need. And I sent my uh, concept in Monday, yesterday, and I'm out here now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. John Harrison Jr., how about yourself, man? Uh, I think I got the email from Hannah and Sam. Uh, they sent it out to me, and uh, I was like, "Well, do you need more people? Because I got a bunch of other people that I love that I know would probably like love to be in on the project." So, like, I sent the message out to a couple of folks. Um, not like I—I I mean, I sent it to a couple of folks. Uh, some of them responded, uh, which was cool. And um, then I come back over here, and it's neat because it's like we have everybody out here, which is really cool. Painter Franklin Kearns, also known as F. Kearns. They sent out an email to see who all was interested. They kind of let us know that it was going to be a, a tight deadline. Um, kind of gave us the basic idea of the project. And uh, I jumped on it, man. It's a great opportunity to um, use our skills as artists and our voices. So uh, it was a great opportunity. So. 
painter and muralist Mike Work. About this. I, uh, I got I got the heads up from from Sam and Hannah from Brand the Moth um, yesterday oh, hey. when they were getting approval. And um, yeah, so I think breakfast is being delivered back here. Oh, it's all good. It looks yummy. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, Sam said, "Would, would you want to come down?" And and I said, "Absolutely, as long as like I can help." Like, so I've just been here, like, trying to, like, help folks get their murals done and, like, make this happen. Because, like, I mean, everybody who's here, I know and I'm connected to in the community. And, like, back when I've had stuff going on, they've come through for me. And they don't even know me. You know what I mean? So it's like to holler at me and say, like, yo, can, can I do something for you? Can I help you? Like, that's the kind of, it just makes it easy. You know what I mean? Painter and art instructor, Bree Stallings. Uh, yesterday morning, Sam Guzzi of Brand the Moth reached out to me and asked me if I could help, and um, she's the one who kind of put everything together and got the permission from the city. Um, Dammit Wesley helped to assemble the black artists who are each painting a letter, and then the white muralists that you see out here were just helping put paint where it ain't and speed the process along. So there's a creative um, structure to it where the black artists actually came up with the uh, the structure, the you know, the the colors, and, and pretty much the design of the whole mural, and then the, the white artists are intentionally helping by just being the work, the hands that do the work. Yeah, that's correct. We came out earlier um, when the street got shut down just to help trace and stencil out the letters so that the artists could get started. Um, as always, it took a little bit longer than we anticipated, so we're, the artists are just starting on their works, but. Um, a lot of the street-ready paint was provided, so just basic colors from Brand the Moth, and then the artists were able to bring any additional colors that they wanted from their own stash. But yeah, the designs are there, so each letter is individually designed by a different artist. I definitely wanted to talk to the artists about what the mural meant to them, particularly the African-American artists. And I started here with Jackson, J-A-X-O-N, who's actually a sculpturist who is returning to the Queen City after spending the last 10 years in New York City. A, a Charlotte native, Jackson is looking to get back into the art scene here, and she had a lot to say about what the mural meant to her. Um, What it means to me, well, I will admit that because it's not seen, you would think that it doesn't exist. Um, me being a native here in Charlotte, um, I didn't know that there was a lot of things that were going on around here because, like I said, it's, it's, not, it's not talked about. It's not seen. Um, now that we do have this new wave of technology that, where you can record everything and see what is actually happening and then report it as quickly as possible, I'm amazed. So um, I guess what, I, what, what I'm trying to say is that I was thinking that the major cities, uh, California, um, I said like Los Angeles, New York, um, Boston, uh, Detroit, um, DC will be the, the probably the most uh, focal areas of where there's a lot of police brutality happening. But of course, it does happen here in our town. I think it means a lot. Marcus Kaiser again. And you know, if anyone's familiar with a lot of the work I do, all my work is social justice, uh, community related, and. Um, yeah, just to see a bunch of my fellow artists out here. It's a beautiful day. I know a bunch of these people. Um, so it's good to see everyone come together for like this, this positive and to make an impact. So, you know, I'm all about arts and how it impacts communities. And I think, you know, I might tear up out here today, but uh, yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of this project. I'm proud of the city for at least green lighting. So yeah, this is crazy. Well, you know, what normally happens- John Harrison Jr. We tend to form our own little islands anyway, 
but it's neat because when we need to, we can all kind of unify and work together. I feel like as far as the city goes, I think it's something where it shows that we can all make public art without having to do so much by community. It also shows that as artists, we can also connect as a community within ourselves. We used to have this in North Davidson back in the day before it became, you know, what it became now, like the collection of bars, what have you. And that's cool, whatever it is, but it's just like, you know, it's just neat to kind of see how things kind of blend together and how we can all put ego aside to go ahead and work for something bigger, which is super dope. What does it mean to have all of the, at least as many of the, uh, you know, a lot of the big name artists, uh, or at least the well-known artists here in the city, the, a lot of the ones that have been doing this for so long, especially this type of work. What does it mean for everybody to be here right now within 48 to 20 hour, 48 to 24 hours notice to work on a project like this? Um, I think it's a really big deal and it's really exciting. It's a sign of unity and Bree Stallings. Uh, camaraderie. I think a lot of us agree that Black Lives Matter and more than matter, they deserve attention and space. And I think this is a way of us just like volunteering our time to help show up and use this great opportunity of the street getting closed down from the city and the permission to help um, get this done because we only have the city until 7 p.m. Uh, then the street gets opened back up. So trying to fight the rain and finish it, but it's really exciting. I think um, when I entered the scene probably 10 years ago, it felt a lot more dog-eat-dog, -dog. and now it's um, there's a lot of um, groups coming together to work together on projects, and it's just um, it's hopeful, it's exciting, it feels good, uh, and this is what it's really about. What do you think that says about, again, we've talked about this a lot, but the role of that artist play in a community, especially considering that on these very streets right here that we're paying this mural, just a few hours ago, there were marching boots. There were tear gas canisters being going, you know, popping off uh, rubber bull, well, not any rubber bullets, I don't know, but pepper balls uh, and, and some general discord. What does it mean to have this mural be here just a few hours after that? Well, on a spiritual level, I would say it, it reconsecrates the ground, right? This is unholy ground for a while because some bad stuff happened. So, now we're here to reclaim it. Mike but Worth. Those pepper balls and bullets and all those things in those moments will live in our memories forever. But this mural is going to be here for a damn long time for everybody to see again and again and again and again. And that message endures over any of that. So like that's that's it. That's a human thing on the bottom level. You know what I mean? But when it comes to being black, white, all that stuff in the in the community, as a I'm mixed race, right? But as a white looking artist, I'm putting my black brothers and sisters first today. Right, a hundred percent. So like that 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 has to be that's not everybody's opinion, but it's mine. Right. And like I did want to ask some of the artists to respond to the criticism that murals like these are more show than substance. We just get in where we get in, dog. Like we're artists, man. Like, listen, let me tell you something. Back whenever me and Marcus were coming up 17, 18 years ago, like it was something where we didn't have these kinds of avenues and venues. And you look now, 18 years later, granted. The tragedy did tend to bring us together in the way it does with most families. I say 10, like I'm from the country, but it, it brings us together. Like, you know how most like was it funerals and things bring families together. But at the same time, we don't get so hung up on the politics of the why we're doing it. We just kind of like to do things. So like, you know, in the same way that most people talk about art movements and stuff like that, a lot of artists never really subscribe to like many movements. We tend to let the squares go ahead and dictate, dictate that and kind of argue about it. Um, we were given an opportunity to go ahead and paint on something and at least we had the experience. So even if it is performative for the city, if it's performative for like the politicians in the city, what have you, that's cool. Like the sincerity of the artists though, I don't think it's something that can be dissected and, and taken apart and kind of sterilized. I think we're all kind of doing it with our 
hearts and minds in the right place. So, yeah. While John Hairston Jr. was diplomatic with his answer, Mike Worth had a different tone. Well, I would say that, like, you know, I'm a part of Talking Walls, and doing this kind of work is in our mission. I'm also a part of Brand the Moth. Doing that kind of work is in our mission, right? Other crews I'm associated with, we prioritize people of color, right? We get it, right? It's not easy. It's not the, our favorite thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, you see that, like, you lose when you do it, right? But, like, you give up, you sacrifice, and that's being in a community, right? As you give, you get, right? The community comes back and takes care of you. So I know that's going to happen. Now I can look to these folks and say, cool, I know y'all are going to come right up when I need you, right? Artists and organizers weren't the only ones that I wanted to talk to. However, I wanted to try and get some audio from people who are just there on the streets. One of the first people I talked to was Michael Duvall, senior vice president of YMCA Charlotte and founding committee steering member of My Brother's Keeper. um, It inspires action. I think the inspiration that typically comes from artists and particularly because, you know, some of the folks I know, you're right. This is the top of the top. So it's not Charlotte is actually going to get the visual of really good people uh, taking time out of their day, out of their week to have, I'm sure, plotted and planned this. And then to each unique piece fits together like a mosaic. I also talked with this gentleman named Eric from the McDevitt Agency, a commercial real estate company whose offices are on South Tryon Street and whose windows have been covered in plywood since the protest began. You guys just give me... Uh, your general, general thoughts on what it's been like to be in an office and see one, you know, protesters and, and, and police one minute and then this mural being painted out here the next? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're in full support of the protests. Um, uh, our property management company decided to board the windows up, so we would have preferred to have opened them to let people know that, you know, we're not afraid that we're for it. Um, I think when we uh, first saw this morning, when they started the murals, we were excited. That's why our doors open, because we want to be a part of it. We want to witness it. Um, uh, and I mean, we're happy to see this. You know, I've seen some other big cities doing it. And I'm happy to see that, you know, Charlotte's now doing the same thing. Finally, I spoke with a gentleman named Joe, who was working in his office in the 201 South Tryon building when he heard about the mural. I happened to look out my office window I'm three floors up here at the uh, 201 building and I saw everybody had congregated and then I started to spell out the letters and I went, this is very cool. And next thing you know, out of nowhere, folks have just absolutely gotten all over the place. Joe, what do you think, um, what does it mean to you to have a mural like this on South Tryon, such a prominent stretch of Uptown Charlotte? Oh, you just said it. <laughs> it is a prominent stretch. This is a Tony address right here. and. To be allowed, firstly, to be able to just freely write, you know, positive graffiti on the street is um, super, super impressive on behalf of both the city to allow folks to do this and everyone to come out here and to be able to express themselves. Thanks again to Dammit Wesley of Black Market CLT and Sam Guzzi of Brand the Moth for organizing the artists behind the mural. Thanks to Marcus Kaiser, John Harrison Jr., Franklin Kearns, Mike Wirth, Bree Stallings, and Jackson for speaking with us. Also big thanks to Charlotte City Planner, Taiwo Jayoba for working with Charlotte is Creative to make it all happen. And of course, thank you, the listener, for tuning into the Biscuit Podcast. 
That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell them yourselves. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. Biscuit Podcast is produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings. Music.